0: All right, everybody, we're starting our weekly Lukutim Last week, we started Lesson 78 in Tinyana. So, we're going to be continuing that. Just a, a few announcements. As I like to say, a, uh, the Shirim are all up on SoundCloud. If you check out my SoundCloud account at Shia Sussman or Nach Daily or on the Breslav Research website uh, and YouTube channel and SoundCloud as well. So, you can find all previous Shirim there and a uh (laughs) anything else about that and this year should be a refuah for rebaim kramer who i've been using his svarim over here he wrote all these i don't know how many volumes he spent his life work with the english footnotes and everything i use them to prepare this year and i've read many of his books and i've met him spoken to him on numerous occasions so i'm very excited about that and this year should have it should be a refuah for him because He's still getting over the whole COVID thing uh, like many. Okay. So uh, I want to do a recap. We'll do a little bit of a, uh, an in-depth recap because the, the Torah is very deep and it's very – uh, there's a lot of different points here. So we'll do a recap, and then we'll pick up kind of from where we left off. We're also going to have – this week we don't have a Parsha connection, uh, but we do have a Shvuis connection, and we have a mcgillis Rus connection because it's the last year – before uh, next thursday night is already Shavuos, so i'm already thinking about russ you know what they say why do you read Rus on shavuas it's to connect to your roots connect to your roots <laughs> i know it's terrible i'm gonna use that one i'm gonna use that that's a good one i need to connect to the roots how do you know the jews had a headache at harsinai because they took two tablets i know it's terrible <laughs> they only get worse they only get worse from there uh, how do you know when it says math? You should do math in the Torah because it said you should divide and multiply. I know. <laughs> I know it's horrible, guys. You're encouraging the bad jokes. Okay. So now, now let's, let's do a recap on the Torah over here a little bit and we'll catch us up. So basically, we're t- uh, it's lesson again, lesson 78 in the second chilek in Lakutim Aran called Ish Prostic, as I'm calling it, Simple Man. Or some people call it the treasury of unearned gifts, as we're learning about. So we're dealing basically with a question over here. There's one or two questions that Rabbi Nachman asked, and he's speaking about these things. So he, he's talking about how it's impossible for a person to stay on the same level all the, always. That even Rabbi Nachman says that there's sometimes the tzaddik is an ish prasdik, a simple Jew, who, as we learned last week, he said about himself, "Uh, I don't remember anything at all. All my levels have been taken from me. I don't remember anything at all. So even big tzaddikim, they need to fall levels. And Kol someone like me, or anyone else, they're regular, we're already simple to begin with. So even more so, people like us. So I think there's a tremendous amount of chizik there. Tremendous amount of chizik there also. But what he's saying is that what he's saying that that a person can't always stay on the same state uh and that not only can they not stay in the same state always but it actually goes against the rules of creation that no matter who you are even if you're a very big tzaddik uh you 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 will always go down in your feeling level for life you're in an emotional state and as well uh he ties this in he asked the same question, but what he asks is in terms, he moves on to talk about this in terms of learning Torah. That, he says, how is it possible for a person to separate from Torah even for a second? Right? Even for a second, how is that possible? So in other words, why did Hashem make it that a person at times in their life need to be separate from Torah? Right? If Torah is your life, it should be impossible to separate it for a second. But yet we see even a person who's a tzaddik, even a person who's a tamachachim, even a regular person who's just trying to hang in there, there are times in their life when they, we need to be separate from the Torah. This calls to mind to me, I was thinking about the Gemara, about David Melech, that it says that David Melech was, uh, when it says David Melech died, that the Satan was trying to kill him and get him, but David was learning Torah the entire time. So he couldn't get him. So we all know this Gemara right? So what happened? Uh, the satan made a, uh, I think there's different girsas or different ways the Gemara ends, but it seems that the satan made a sound outside or a stair fall. I don't remember. It's the sound from, from a tree rustle or a tree fall. And then David, he got startled and he slipped. He, it startled his mind for a second. And basically, a, uh, for that split second, he stopped learning Torah. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the satan took his life, right? Because the Torah protects a person's life so much that the samech mem, the satan, has absolutely no power over the person to a certain extent when they're learning Torah Lishma, as we were learning about last week. But yet you see even David Melech, he was unable to be distracted, which means no matter who you are, whether you're the biggest tzaddik in the world like David Melech, or whether you're a regular person, it's impossible to always be learning 24 hours a day. As I'm saying by David, he was even distracted. He tried, but he wasn't successful in the end. And ultimately that's how, that's how he left this world. He was nostalgic from this world. So we went on to say, and it's kind of going to catch up. I want to catch us up from where we left off. So uh, we went on to say that Hashem created uh, a certain system at hand. So again, the question is, is why did Hashem make it that a person needs to separate from Torah? And we're going to come back to answer that question. But we, there's a little preface, I guess, for clarity's sake, there's a preface to this. So we went on to say that Hashem created a system as follows, that simple people all receive their life force from the energy of the tzaddik when he falls on a lower level. So when the tzaddik, Becomes totally regular when he falls to a low level. That is when he dishes out uh, a certain type of special energy, a certain type of light that he receives in that moment, uh, and he gives that out to all the simple people. So, simply stated, the reason why Hashem made it that the person needs to fall, the tzaddik needs to fall, is because there's a special light, and I'm gonna delve into this a little bit more. Right? There's a special light that that tzaddik receives that when he receives that light, he's now able to dish it out to the entire world. And that gives, uh, sustains everything, even non-Jews, he writes. All the pshutim, the umas ha'olam, the non-Jews, everyone gets sustained from this energy, from this light that the tzaddik receives when he's in a simple state. So therefore, Hashem made it that you can't always be in the same state. Uh, you have to fall to a certain level. This way, the wor- this, this special type of light, which he's going to call the Otser Mat the the light of free gifts, or what he also calls synonymous with Derech Eretz Israel, the light of the path of Israel, uh, that light now comes into the world and other people delve it out. And other people now receive it and it's all coming through the Tzaddik. So I just want to explain this a little bit to clarify and uh, to make it a little bit more flesh it out, to delve it out a little bit. So basically, how does this work? That the tzaddik gets this light and now dishes it out to the other world. What is the nature of this light? And just what's this whole process here? Why did exactly Hashem set it up that the tzaddik needs to fall down to a lower level in order to delve out that light into the world? means Hashem could have just put that light into the world straight. And Rabbi Nachman's actually, we're going to see tonight. In a certain element, Hashem did put that light into the world straight. But again, how does it work? So everyone, everyone's following so far. I'm assuming, yeah, you guys are with it, okay? And all this, obviously, like in Lekutim all this gets clear as we, as we learn more. Uh, so it works like this: that Hashem created the world with His tremendous Chesed. Right? And he wanted to bestow his ultimate good on the creation. So this kindness, this will, this desire to keep the world going is what Rabbi Nachman calls the Otser Matnas Chinam. That this Chesed Chinam that Hashem had in the world that prior to the Torah being given, uh, this original will, this Ratzon, this very fact that Hashem keeps the world sustained and in existence this comes from Hashem's amazing chesed chinam, Hashem's supernal kindness, which he's also calling the otzer matnas chinam, the treasury of unearned gifts, this stores, this otzer, treasury, matnas, gifts, chinam, free, right? This amazing treasury of unearned gifts that Hashem is, Hashem is giving out life and goodness to the all and the entire creation even if they themselves are far from the purpose or reason from creation, Hashem still created the world with this Otzer Mat this light. We're also going to say, I just want to preface this. I don't want, to, it's a little bit technical. I don't want people to get lost in the technicality. But this Otzer Mat He also calls Derech eretz that Hashem created the world with the light of eretz Yisrael. Right. It's an amazing thing. You see the, the power of the Kadus that Hashem created the world with the light of Erichisrael. And we're going to talk about more tonight. This is what the I'm just foreshadowing a little bit. This is what Rabbi Nachman calls. Uh that Rashi says on the first Pasuk, Koach Mysov Higgilama. Why did Hashem create start with Baratius? Because Hashem said one day the non-Jews are going to say, List Matem, your thieves. And somehow, starting with, and you were going to say, "No, Hashem, who created the world, is Hashem could give the land to everyone." We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Just a to preface: He's going to say that the Derech Eretz corresponds to the very reason, the foundation of why Hashem created the world, that there was something about Eretz Yisrael that corresponds again to the mat naschinam of. Of why Hashem created the world. We're going to come back to that. I just, I want to preface that so this way. The seeds are planted and we come back to it. It will be a little bit clear. Does that have to do with the Evan Shasia, which was where, where the world was created from the heaven? That's in Eric as well. What does it happen to the Evan Shasia? No, I'm a, saying it uh, does because the Hashem created the world okay. from the rock, no? That was Hashem the created the world from the rock. So what are you saying? So I'm saying is that 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 has to do with how Hashem is, uh, you know, makayim and He's constantly, you know, endowing the world with His goodness so that it goes forward, and that's how it's related to eretz. To- oh, saying that, okay. So for the audio and visitor listeners, what uh, Tani's saying over here was in the Sheer. You could all join us if you like Thursday nights. Uh, what he's saying is is that uh, the Evan Shasiyah where Hashem manifests His will and keeps His flow coming into the creation over there. So you see that Eretz Yisrael and creation are synonymous with each other. In fact, I'm going to add to that, that the Ramchal writes in a safer Mishkine Elyon, which is this Kabbalistic description of the third base of Migdash, based on Yecheskel's Nebuahs. It's awesome. It's an amazing safer. It's a little thin safer where... uh, He talks about the third base HaMigdash, based on Yechezkel. It's an amazing thing. He has an introduction there where he talks about the Evin Shasia, And he explains that the Evin Shasia is really the information superhighways, the umbilical cord of creation where the divine ideal manifests itself into the physical reality of this world. So if there were many, many, many superhighways all converging in the spiritual worlds at the time of creation, it all came through the Evin Shasia to be you know all those supernal lights intersected at that point of connection at the Evan Shasia that the world is show. So the world drinks from that from that light. It's definitely a connection. It's in... What are you gonna say? It's like a t- Like a tzinor, yeah. It's a tsinor. Rav Cook speaks about this a lot in Orus as well. There are so many mymeri Chazal that you could bring on this, but uh, for the sake of the peace over here, I didn't want I didn't want to dissect every every line for days on end because there's so much here about Torah's Eretz Yisrael that Rabbi Nachman himself, he said after he took five steps in Eretz Yisrael, uh, he wanted anything that he wrote prior to that completely destroyed. That after walking Dalat Amos in Eretz Yisrael, he said, I've completely knew Hasagas. Anything I revealed beforehand was totally was totally nothing compared to what I've received now after only walking four steps in Eretz Yisrael. Another thing they say that Rabbi Nachman said that I've mentioned this in previous year that uh, he was a lover of Eretz they, they Another thing that Rabbi Nachman said, Rabbi Nassim said, when you're talking about Eretz Yisrael, first of all, I love this. I love this thing over here. He says, when you're talking about Eretz Yisrael,' Rabbi Nassim asked Rabbi Nachman, when you're talking about Eretz Yisrael, what, what are you referring to? And Rabbi Nachman said to him, I mean the rocks, I mean the houses. Meaning to say that like, People think of Eretz Yisrael like, oh, the Kedusha is a spiritual thing and it's Ruchmius and it's out there and, you know, and, that, and that's Eretz Yisrael. Well, yes, that's definitely true. But Rabbi Nachman said, not only is that true, but the rocks of Eretz Yisrael contain a Kedusha that, that other places don't have, right? The houses, right? You say, what's the difference? A rock in the United States and a rock in Eretz Yisrael, apparently, it doesn't look like that to me. But apparently, on a, on a deeper level, even that is Kulo Ruchnius. It's Kulo, part of the creation, the way the world was created. It's a Kulo, it's kulo Kadosh. Okay? I'm going to move on a little bit. You got me on a tangent about the, about the Holy Land of Israel. Okay? So, again, we're talking about how the treasury of unearned gifts uh, is manifest into this world. And why does it happen that a person, Hashem created, uh, as part of design, that at times a person needs to separate from Torah learning. So we said that there's something called this gift of a uh, this otsar matnaskinim, this treasury of unearned gifts. And what we're saying is is that basically what comes out of the bottom line of what we're talking about now is that this is a fine point, but it's an important point also that this otsar matnaskinim, this treasury of unearned gifts the original will of god of the creator manifest in the world in order to keep the world sustained with god's energy uh it's considered a very very high light which means if we're talking about here the rotson Elyon, the supernal god's godly divine will manifest and his original intent behind creation as we're saying, that keeps everything going, even people that are far from Torah learning. So it comes out that it's an extremely, extremely exalted light. It's an extremely, extremely, it's extremely, extremely high light, right? So this is the same light of Eretz Yisrael. This is the same light of Israel, right? As we were saying that the world was created with this very high, exalted light. It was created with the light of Eretz Yisrael. It was created with the light of Israel. And I wanted to to add a point on this also that what what does this mean that Hashem created the light that that He says Rabbi Nachman is saying that the tzaddik uh, he sustains himself in a time when he's very simple from the light from the derech er erichusaral the path to Israel. So I was just thinking uh, in my own mind I don't know if this is what Rabbi Nachman meant at all but this is just how I understood it on a simple level that when things get hard in a person's life. Like even nowadays and things like that. So a person thinks to themselves, well, naturally I could go to Israel, <laughs> right? Like I think about in, in difficult times when the Jews were persecuted in either in the Holocaust or in the Inquisition or throughout our history, whatever it is, there was a national longing, I'm sure, when the times got really difficult that, oh, one day we'll be in Eretz Yisrael. One day there'll be a redemption. One day the Jews will turn and we'll have sovereignty over, our, over their land. And just, this is what he's saying, I think that the path to Eretz Yisro in a certain way is what sustains the tzaddik, what sustains the person, even when they're in a very low state, because you can have that vision of a path to Eretz uh the metaphoric path to Eretz Yisro of just, you know uh, uh, the redemption, the ga'ula, having a better life for yourself, having a better spiritual life for yourself, and therefore, at the time when a person's simple, they sustain themselves with the path to eretz yisroel. So to think it's, it's 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 an amazing, it's an amazing thing over here. Now, again, before we before we uh, before we jump in a little bit, I just want to flesh this out just again just a, t- a tad further. Before we go, because there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of fine pieces over here. So basically, Rabbi Nachman sets up a quandary, okay? What's the quandary? That uh, about, again, we're talking about how this works, that the tzaddik receives this light at the time when he's the most simple, and then dishes it out to the rest of the world. So I, it's really a quandary, Rabbi Nachman saying, that the tzaddik doesn't really need to, re, to rely on Hashem's, a, uh, rely on Hashem's free gifts. Why? Because he has his own merits. But on the other hand, because this light is such a high light, it's not fair for the Rishayim to get it because they don't really deserve it because they're Rishayim, right? So why should the Rishayim get a light that the Tzadik can't even get, right? So the tzaddik has his own merits, So he doesn't need from the otzermat naschinum, the treasury of unearned gifts, this free, amazing, supernal light that Hashem put into the world to keep the world in existence, even people that are far from Torah. The tzaddik doesn't need to get from that light because he's a tzaddik. He has his own merits. He has, its own, he has his, his own a, uh, schusim. He has his own uh, things that he earned. So he really doesn't need to get from the light. But the quandary is, on the other hand, why should the Russia get from the light? It's such a high light that the Russia should get it. He shouldn't get it because he doesn't deserve it. So why should the Russia, an evil person, be able to get from the light that the tzaddik doesn't merit to? It's not fair. You hear the quandary? Right? The tzaddik doesn't need it, and the Russia shouldn't get it. So. Why is, that, why is that justice? So this is what Rabbi Nachman is saying, right? This is all this to come back to really answer the question that we started with. Why is it uh, that Hashem made it that a person needs to be mavato from Torah? A person has to spend time when they're, when they're not connected or learning from the Torah, right? Because Hashem made it that the tzaddik needs to be b'vato from Torah in order to receive from the Otzermat <laughs> Naschinam. The tzaddik needs, there needs to be a point where the tzaddik uh, isn't connected to Torah. So now that he's not connected to Torah, he now gets from the Otzermat Naschinam. He's not getting from the Torah. He's getting from the Otzermat Naschinam, Hashem's treasury of unearned gifts. So, Hashem wanted this light to come into the world. So Hashem created the system that it's impossible to stay on the same level always. This way, when you fall to a state of simplicity, when the tzaddik falls to a state of simplicity, you're able, that light now runs through the tzaddik and gets dished out into the entire world. Right? Now that answers the quandary. That answers the quandary, right? Because the tzaddik really doesn't need it if he's learning Torah all day. So the answer is, and the russia shouldn't get it. So it answers the question that, he, that Rabbi Nachman started with, right? So that how, why did Hashem make it that Hashem need, that people need a bavata from Torah? So the answer is, to, to, in a certain way, to make it fair. The reason why it levels the playing field now is because now Hashem really wants this light in the world, right? So now, now Hashem's able to give that light to the rishayim through the tzaddik through the extraordinary individual whose merits to get that light. So therefore, Hashem made it, as we started with in the beginning of the lesson, that there are times when the tzaddik needs to be utter, utterly pashut, needs to be utterly simple, needs to be a simple man. So this way he evens out the score, because now the Rishayim could get it through the tzaddik. Hashem's able to divvy out his light into the world through Hashem's able to give out his, this super, super high light of the Ozer Mat so when a person's in that low state, they receive from that light and that light goes out into the world. Amazing. So deep. It's, it's so profound because I think what comes I'm out. Of, yeah. I'm sorry. No, keep going. I, I, I think what, I think what, what, comes out of all this, and this is going to play later into the lesson that we're not going to get to tonight further down the road, but what comes out in all this is that everyone has a tzaddik. Everyone's a tzaddik on their own level. You might not be tzaddik, Ebes, the truth, side, but everyone is—you know—all the Jewish nation, Amcha Kulam sadikim the entire Jewish nation—are considered righteous. So it comes out that this is this is incredible, right? It comes out that when you have a Yerida, when you fall into a lowest state, Hashem orchestrated that lowest state in order for to be able to dish out His light of chesed Chinam, of, of his light of unbridled kindness into the world. That Hashem, when you have a yurida, it comes out. You're now bringing his light of the otzerbat nas Chinam into the world that's sustaining everything, the entire world in existence, because you had, an, you had a <laughs> Right? That Hashem orchestrated this in, with divine, exact divine providence in order... For him to reveal, to use you as a channel to bring out his highest level of supernal will, his highest level of chesed chinam, of the treasury of unearned gifts, of the path to eretz yisrael, his original will that he created the world now gets that light now gets dished out into the world through you precisely because you fell, because Hashem you now merit to receive that light because you fell. So that's what Rebbe Nachman said, right? Why is, it, why is it that a person left, uh, that a person has to be movato from Torah? If Torah is your life, you should never have to be movato. So the answer is, is that Hashem wanted to reveal his amazing divine light into the world and, and sustain creations that are even far, very, very far from Torah. And the only way... Kavayachal, the only way for him to do that is to put you in a place of Yurida. This way you're able to sustain other people through your falling because now that manifests that light into the world. So, does this only apply to tzaddikim? Oh, okay. What so, about regular people? That, so, does this only, so, does this only apply to tzaddikim or does this apply to regular people? So, I was teetering a line over there. I was teetering a line over there. So, uh, I th- uh, as far as I understand, although Rabbi Nachman says there's certainly something called a tzaddik, an extraordinary tzaddik, a tzaddik who is extremely high in their levels that he definitely was referring to, rev nussin in Lukuta Halachas, in explaining the piece, he seems to say, he seems to put it, although he also talks about the great tzaddik, he also seems to say that all the Jewish people are tzaddikim, that all the Jewish people are tzaddikim, so certainly, every individual there are different aspects, right? So certainly, every individual he was speaking to that as well it means both are true. It's true on the individual level, and it's true on the on the big tzaddik level, right? Does that answer your question, Ellie? Yep, yep, that's great. That, that answers your question. So, so both are one hundred percent true, and I think I think that really it's it, it, it's it's. It's, it's 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 interesting to me because it's really the same thing with Eretz Yisrael, which means the the Derech Eretz Yisrael here is the same thing. Means it's the conduit, it's the Tsinor. This is what we were saying before. The Tani was mentioning that as Cook writes that it was Eretz Yisrael is the Tsinor, which Hashem brings His light manifest into the world. It means His supernal high light, a very high light. The Derech Eretz Yisrael is coming through the land of Israel itself. So you see, this is where all the things link, link up. The tzaddik. Right, that we're saying on one hand, just for clarity's sake, on one hand, Hashem's light comes through the tzaddik, as, as Rabbi Nachman is saying, but as Rab Nassim was saying, and we're saying now between us as well, that every individual is considered a tzaddik, they might not be the ultimate tzaddik, but certainly, this happens when a Jew falls to a lower place, right? That's for sure. And also, we're saying that Eretz all these three things, they all, in a certain way, they all encapsulate the same truth or the same spiritual principle or the same idea. They all manifest this light into the world. They all manifest this light into the world. It's good. Isn't, isn't it similar, or it's similar but different to Zuchus Avos that we say that when anytime Klai Israel does something wrong, we invoke Zuchus Avos, which brings down the spesach from Hashem. But this is anyway something which is even more different which is just basically this o Sarman, that we have always this backup because we're a ye- and because of Eretz Israel, that Hashem is giving us access to this just by nature. Just by nature, yeah. Totally, just, just by nature. But it's also schus, schus avos, which means like you're saying about schusavos, like we say, like Avram, like Yitzhak, like Yaakov, right? We're saying that uh, because we're connected to these great tzaddikim, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, who their entire life wanted to be an Eretz right? Avram has spent his whole life looking for a Vayares Hamakom. Where's the place? Oh, my camera? Did I freeze? Evan should That's the place, no? Yeah. Hold on. Did I freeze? You froze, but that's okay. I could, I could, we could hear you, though. Okay. You could shut off your camera and turn it back on if that's Let okay. Let me do that. Yeah. Let me do that. Hold on a second. Technical difficulties. Hold on, I froze. Uh, give me a second over here. Let me just deal with the technical difficulties. Is that Brownie? That's my profile picture. You like that one, huh? Hold on, let me just stop the recording. We're back from our uh, technical difficulty over there. The camera shut down in the middle. But we are we are back. So I think we were saying about the Avos that it's the same thing that we're saying, I, uh, we're connecting to the Avos, right? Oh, it's talking about Avram. It says, Vayares Hamakon, that Avram saw the place. His entire life, he was looking for the place where the divine, he was looking for the Derek Eretz Yisrael, right? That's Lech Lecha, right? Where's the path to Eretz Yisrael? Where's the path where, the, where this Hashem's amazing light comes in? And that ultimately, that comes out to the Eben shasia, like we were saying before, and in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, let now let's jump into the piece. Yeah. We're jumping into the piece now. Okay. Let me do a screen share screen share. And we are, we're jumping in over here. Okay. So, okay. So we're going to take it from, you see where I highlighted uh, which, um, so So we're in Ayin Ches, lesson 78, in the second Helech, in the second part, Tinyana. So we're in Tinyana. Okay, good. Okay, we're good. Now we're we're jumping in the middle, Ellie. I don't know if you're going to be able to find it over here. I have highlighted... I'll I'll follow along with your screen. That's easier. you'll, You'll follow along with the screen. Okay. So I'm going to start where I have these two lines. If you could see my mouse. You see that? Okay, if you guys can see it. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start from the green over here, where I highlighted in green. You guys see that? Okay. So just to pick up the runoff, like we're saying... That when the tzaddik receives this light, so now all of a sudden he's able to dish that out into the world. Why? Because of this quandary that we're saying, that the Russia doesn't deserve the light, but the tzaddik doesn't need the light. So Hashem organizes the creation. Hashem arranges the ashkacha pratis in such a way that the tzaddik should fall. There are times that he needs to be simple. There are times that he needs to be in order to delve out that light now into the world. So now Rabbi Nachman is going to say, and this is how Hashem kept the kept the world going prior to Kabbalah Satorah, which is in Yani Yoma Oh yeah, oh yeah, in Yami Yoma, right? So it says, Shazel kodum Kabbalah Satora. This is what happened to the world prior to the giving of the Torah. That Hashem kept the world going through his his free kindness. Like it says, Hashem's kindness endures forever. Hanemar al Torah. This was said about prior to the giving of the Torah, Kamuva, like the Gemara Springs. Hine Esrim Olam The 26 times it says Kila olam what does that correspond to? Esrim Doros. That corresponds to the 26 generations prior to the giving of the Torah because then there wasn't any Torah. And at that time, the main thing was inhabiting the world and derek Eretz. Kumo, like we say, a person should have derech Eretz, right? Act with respect. Derek Eretz. like Chazal bring the measures, Gadola Derek Eretz, torah esrim That Derek Eretz is so great. Derek <coughs> Eretz is so great that it, It a uh, it was a uh, it existed twenty six generations prior to giving the Torah. So you see that he's already making connection between derech eretz, as we've been saying, and the creation of the world itself. Okay. And then prior to the Torah giving, how was the Torah? How was the world sustained? It was through chesed chinam. It was through this concept that we're calling derech eretz. Now he's going he's gonna to change gears a little bit, right? And the truth is, prior to the giving of the Torah, For sure the Torah still existed, right? It wasn't physically given in that sense, but it, it certainly existed. Because the Torah is eternal. But so what changed after the giving of the Torah and what happened prior Prior to the giving of the Torah, the Torah was hidden. Hainu, Kikola Torah Kula Baseris had Dibros. The entire Torah was incorporated in the aseres had in the Ten Commandments, or the Ten Sayings. Ba'az Koda Matan Torah, Hayu aseres had Dibros Nailam Baseris shebehem Shabahem olam. And prior to giving the Torah, the the aceris hadibros, the ten commandments. They were hidden in the Asar Morris, the ten utterances that Hashem created the world with. I'm going to explain that in a second. Nimse, Shahisa, Kola Torah kula ne lamas venisteris yishuvah olam. So it comes out the entire Torah was actually hidden and sub subterfuged uh, in the settling inhabiting of the world. Shanivrba Asarmaim which was created with the ten utterances. And everything that a person speaks, and all the things that happen, all the happenings, all the actions, hey, this incredible thing that he says, hey, whether it's a person who's a wood chopper, it's like the Shlomo karbach story, oh, or anything, any work that they were doing, The kulam neelam torah, everything was hidden in it, was hidden and disguised in the Torah. It was all hidden in. It was all hidden in the aserus hadibros in the sarmaymaros, which would all happened prior to Gavalo Just explain this for a second. It gets deeper. Just when you thought it didn't get deep, it gets deeper. Right. So he's saying this uh, just to explain the sarim or second, it's a mission in Pirkei So sarim amaros never why to give rewards to the tzaddikim to punish the rishayim, and basically what that what are the sarim Uh It says ten times. Really, says nine times uh, in the creation story in Parshas Bereishis. It says the word vayomer, vayomer Hashem or vayomer Hashem this, vayomer Hashem that. Right. So it says vayomer nine times. Uh, the first time. That's called a mimer. The first time it says beratius. Now beratius is considered a mimer, even though he didn't say Va'yomer. But beratius is considered a. Uh, the Zohar calls it. Rabbi Nachman brings it in other places called a chatzia mimer or a mimer ne'elam, a hidden saying, which means beratius was Hashem speaking in the in existence coming into reality on whatever level that was. But nevertheless. Uh Bereshis is considered a hidden mimer, chati mimer, and therefore <laughs> therefore when we say Asar Maimuras Nivra Olam, it includes Baratish because essentially it says vayomer ten times, except for the first saying of Baratius, which is also considered, which is also considered a mimer in its own right. So Rabbi Nachman is saying that prior to the Torah being given, how was the world sustained? It was sustained through the Asar Maimurash and Olam. That these 10 sayings, the 10 utterances, the 10 maimaros, Hashem created the world with, that kept the world going. But then he he's like doubles back and he says, well, of course, of course Torah is still in existence. It just wasn't manifest in this world in the way that we think of Torah. But Torah is nitzchis. It's total eternal. It's, it's completely, it's forever, right? So if, if so, the Torah must have been in existence. So how did Hashem keep the world? Because the asar Shinivra mora olam correspond to the aseres Hadibros, Correspond to the ten sayings. Commandment's not really the best translation, but I'm just going to the ten commandments, right? It corresponds to the ten commandments, and the ten commandments are standalone in the sense, of course, all Torah is important. Every word is important, and this is a much debated thing. Do you stand for the aseres Hadibros, right? The Rambam and the other Rishonim. Do you not stand? Because is one part of Torah more important than the other part of Torah, right? If one letter is missing, the whole thing's not good. So why would you stand for the service of Dibros? But either way, uh that we're learning is that the service ha'dibros they incorporate the entire Torah, right? So the Torah was hidden. So therefore, in a certain way, any action, even a wood chopper, Anything that a person was doing, they were getting sustained from these Yisar from the Derech Eretz, from the Torah and Elamas, from the hidden Torah. And that's how Hashem kept the world in existence prior to the giving of the Torah. Back inside. V'hat the green highlight. V'hat Tzadik, torah v'hu pashat. Right, and, but the tzaddik at the time when he separates from Torah and he's considered a simple Jew, who Torah, he receives his light, his light from this light of before Matan Torah. And this is the aspect of derech that we said above. That the tzaddik gets strength from this light of before Matan Torah, this light of Derek Eretz Yisrael, this light of the Torah Ne'elamas, this light of the Iseris Hadibros, this light of the Otsar Matan meaning all these, it's like a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle if you're not used to learning this, means all these things, they really point towards this same concept, the same truth. Uh, so they all represent or are the same thing. Okay. A, uh, is it related to the orhagunas that Hashem me by creation that he uh, took it and hit it? So is it related to the orhagunas? So I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you what I think and I'll, I'll strengthen your Someone qu- so I want to ask the question for the video and audio listeners, uh, does this correspond to the orhagunas? So the truth is is I'm not really a Kabbalist. I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't know more than what I'm sharing with you guys. If I knew more, I could share more, but I don't really know. So I'm sure each one of these lights are refracted in a different way, like the oragana's. Like, I was wondering also, as I was learning this, I don't have an answer to the question. I was thinking about asking some people that, that would know that, uh, is this also, Rabbi Nachman says in lesson 12, in the second Chei Lek in his famous lesson of "Ia Mikon Kivodo. Amir Tashem will be. We'll get to that. I don't know when we're going to learn it, but it's an amazing. It's it's one of his most famous pieces. Incredible, incredible piece. But he says that there's that there's also a uh, there's also as I was talking before about this Barachius. The Barachius is a chazi mimer. It's like a half a mimer. It's the it's the most powerful and potential and potent mimer that exists. It's this hidden mimer. It's a mimer sussum, you know, like. Did he mean this also? Did he mean the Derek Eretz Yisrael? Right? When Rabbi Nachman talks about Aieh, searching for God and revealing this, also this hidden light, did, did he mean the same thing? Is it the same light? Is the, the light of Otzer Mat the same light of the Mimer of the, of the, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer to the question, but I was, I was wondering that also. Is it the same light as the Oragunas? We're just calling it different things. I don't know. Maybe maybe next year I'll have an answer. I want. I actually wanted to ask this question uh, to some people that could possibly know the answer to this question. Okay, with right writer in the in the text? koach uh, kedushas and this is we foreshadowed this a little bit tonight. Ki it's the second of the green highlighted on the page. Ki kedushas koach higid Right, this is the first Rashi in the Torah right the main uh kedushas eretz yisrael the main uh power of the holiness of eretz yisrael is uh, is through this aspect of koach maysah higilamo hashem told the strength to the nation va lahem nachlas goyim right to give them inheritance to uh the goyim Kamosha perush rashi but possible rashi like rashi says in rashi the Sfieldze Pesach This is why the Torah opened with Barash. Shalom Yom Ragazlumatem. Right? This is the first Rashi in the Torah. That why did Hashem open with Baratius? To teach that the nations of the world shouldn't say you're thieves. Right? Al Pesach Bibereas. Therefore the Torah were opened with Baratius. Kuhuyus Barak Barakol. Hashem. Right? He's quoting from Rashi now. Hashem, a created everything. Ubertzono nos Ubertzono ubertsono, right? That the reason why Hashem started with Bara'chus and not the first, not well, let me say that again. The reason why the Torah starts with Bara'chus, Rashi asks the question: Why does the Torah start with Beratius It should start with the first mitzvah in the Torah, right? Which is Achod Shazalahchem. So why does it start with Bereshis? So he gives a whole answer over there. Rashi gives a whole answer over there that the reason why the reason why Hashem started with Beratius is to teach. <laughs> Hashem wanted to teach his strength that one day the non Jews are going to say that, uh, Listamatem, you went ahead and you stole. I mean, who would ever think that they would do such a thing? Who would ever, who would ever, who would ever think that they would? People would say, You stole Eretz Yisrael. I mean, really? Uh, so, anyways, Rashi says that people are going to say, You stole Eretz Yisrael. And what are we going to answer them back? Well, we signed in the Balfour Declaration that uh, we Lord Balfour gave us the rights to our land. And, you know, no, that's not what Rashi says, although that is, that is definitely true, right? But a, uh, he says that we're going to say, well, Hashem giveth, Hashem taketh, right? Hashem created the world, and he, he created the world, and you were living in the land. Now Hashem took the land from you and gave it to us. Simple. <laughs> Simple. Right? So he's going to say, Rabbi Nachman's going to say, why does he bring this in? Because he's going to say, Hashem wanted to teach us strength, means that there's something about the light of Eretz Yisro, which predates the creation, as we've been saying this whole time, that the light of Eretz Yisro, Hashem created the world with the light of Eretz Yisro, with the Eretz Yisro. And this is what you see, that the reason why we have a certain power in Eretz Yisrael is because Hashem created the world with olam, and Hashem infused the world with Eretz Yisrael and Hashem could give it to whoever He wants and Hashem could take it to whoever He wants, right? But it's precisely because Hashem created the world. What does that mean to be like razor sharp? It means that Hashem created an which gets manifest in the world. And the whole reason why the entire world, even the non-Jews, are able to exist is coming from Hashem's that He put into the world. If so, so Hashem could give the land to us, Hashem could give the land to another nation. It doesn't really make a difference, right? It's pretty cool, right? It needs to be worked out a little bit, but we're going to read more. We're going we're gonna to read more. Back to the screen share. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lechosh Eretz Yisrael means it get, the Jewish people had the right in order to conquer Eretz Yisrael because they're the ones who bring the spiritual sustenance to the world, which gets manifest through the land of Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Vigam. Now we're gonna, he's going to switch gears a little bit in this, this other green highlighted thing. Vigam Khan bechutzla aretz, And here too, even in chutzla aretz, right? Rabbi Nachman lived in, when he said this, I think he actually lived in Uman, but he only lived in Uman the last six months of his life. He went there to die. Even in Ukraine, Mister. Begam Kan it's here in Khutzlar, it's Nimsa we find this. Kisro Am There are times when the Jewish people come to very far places that are far from the kidusha of the Holy Land. like in a place that was originally non-Jews. And now there are people who inhabit that live there that are very far from the Kedusha of a Jew. And the Jewish nation goes there, and they conquer or they settle, inhabit the land, and they make it Jewish. This is also like Eretz Yisrael. This, just to recap what he's saying, he's saying that even in Chutz La'aretz, even in diaspora, a person goes to their place, wherever they are, And what happens is the Jews bring the Kedusha and it winds up giving blessing to the land that they're in. Uh, Just like when the tzaddik falls to a simple level, he delves out blessing and the shefa to the world. So, so too when the Jews go to even a place in Chutz Laaretz, now they bring that ruchnias and blessing to the land, which is something we absolutely see as true, right? Uh, One thing that it called to mind was, that the Arizal says, everyone knows this, a lot of Svarim bring this, that it says in Mitzrayim, they left with with, with a rachash gadol, with a great wealth. So the Arizal brings, and many Svarim bring, that what was this rachash gadol? This rachash gadol, this great wealth, was the Nitzotos, that they lifted out all the Nitzotos and Eretz Yisrael, the holy sparks there, and therefore they didn't need to go back. And that's why it's actually, it's an Isser in the Torah to move to Mitzrayim, right? is a Muth, to move to Mitzrayim. And that's why it says the king can't have many horses because they're going to go back to Mitzrayim. Because once they were Milo, all the Nitzotos, so then, a, uh, then there was nothing left, which means the Jewish people bring the Kedusha to that place. And when the Jews live there, it's a successful civilization. Uh, we also see this, I was thinking historically, that like any place the Jews lived, it flourished. <laughs> and when they got thrown out or they left, it basically went to a wasteland. Uh, because they, all the spiritual sustenance, even though these places are far from Kedusha, uh, they're able to get influenced from the Shefa, from the Otzer Mat that the Jewish nation brings down into the world from them inhabiting that place. Pretty amazing? Amazing? I think it's amazing. Okay, I'm going to read to the end of the paragraph over here. And then we're going to go on to the Shvuas connection and, and megillus Rus connection. We're going to go a few minutes longer than normal. Is that okay, guys? It's okay. We'll, okay. Uh, and the nations could say, you're thieves. They're going to say, you conquered their land, and it's not yours. It's only yours through the power of Hashem's hands, which is the Asarmaimaras. Through, Because Hashem is the one who's endowing with life and we're the ones who bring life gets manifest in the world through the Jewish nation. Therefore, we have the ability to go any place that we want and in order to inhabit it. Because Hashem created it and Hashem, uh, and Hashem gave, it to, gave it to us. Nimsa. Right, it comes out that that the shahem that the asar May maros are enclosed in the eretz yisrael, which is inhabitants of the world, That through the power of the asar May maros, you're able to connect to eretz yisrael. I'm debating whether I should read to the end. I don't know if I want to keep you. Are you guys able to stay longer or not? I don't want there's no pressure. Should I read to the end, thumbs up or thumbs down? I have to log off in five minutes. So, okay, so let me let me wind down then. Yeah, I'll wind down. Okay, we're gonna give our Shvu's connection now, and then we're going to a uh, then we'll give a Rus' connection. So, the Shvu's connection is as follows. Right, one is a lesson in simplicity. Right, we see the greatness of simplicity, how good it is to be simple. Right, that now that Hashem, now that Hashem gave that through simplicity, a person's able to reach a very, very, very high high light. Right, a person's able to receive a higher light in many ways than they would have been received had they not been simple. It means a person becomes a better kli. In order now to receive whatever light of the Torah that they're going to receive, they some when they make yourself simple, you're able to receive a greater light. So we all know that in order to receive the Torah for Kabbalah Torah, that you need to be like a simple vessel, right? That's why we be dairy because if you eat, uh, if you keep dairy in fancy vessels, it spoils, right? So you want it to be, uh, you want to keep it in simple vessels. So so too we need to be simple, and. Now that a person made them simple, they're able to receive a higher light than they would have originally. And the Balshamto, there's a famous Balshamto that says the puzzle says Torah Hashem The Torah of Hashem is whole. Hashem mas Pesi. Right? The the statutes of Hashem, the testimony of Hashem is trustworthy, and it's mas Pesi. It makes the uh, it wisens the fool, the idiot. Right, so the Val says, if you want the Torah to be machimas you, first you have to make yourself into a pesi. If you want the Torah to make yourself smart, you have to make yourself into a pesi. You have to make yourself into a fool. In our context, what this means is you have to, you have to make yourself into a simple Jew. <laughs> you have to make yourself prustig, not to pretend you know more than you know to be humble and come to Hashem with Peshtis and and Tamimus. Okay, that was one connection. Now we're going to go to the Rus connection. I happen to love Rus. It's an amazing, it's amazing Rus connection. First Pasuk over here is exactly the concept that Rabbi Nachlin was saying. Rus opens up. So it's the time when the judges judge their judges there was a famine in the land. Vayelech ish doesn't say who it was. A man went from the city of Beis Lechem of Bethlehem, Yehud, located in Yehuda, Lagor Moab, to live in the fields of Moab. Who the Him, his wife, and his two kids. Rashi says, Vayelech ish. Well, that's interesting. It's, you just tell me his name. Rashi says, Godo Hayat Hador. Right uh he was wealthy and he sustained the entire generation sounds like the tzadik the yitzeh leiritzro luchutz laaret and he went left eritzro to go to luchutz laaret with neitzar's eye because he was stingy so he left the derech eritzro shehaisa einot sar ba'einam uh hobaim lodo ko lakach anash because his eyes he was stingy in a certain way, so he got punished. So who was is this Ish? This Ish was Elimelech. Right? So Elimelech was the hador that the entire generation got supported through this great tzaddik, And he went away in a certain way. If we could say such a thing, he went away from the Derech Yisrael, So he was no longer, he was no longer a uh, he was no longer able to connect to that, to that light, to that light of Eretz Yisrael. So you see that it was because of Elimelech, the entire generation the entire generation was sustained. A, another, another, a, uh, a, another thing over here about uh, this, and we're going we're gonna to tie this all together, that it says over here, what does it mean that there was a fast in the land? So the Rab Bartanur explains that there was a spiritual hunger in the land. That it wasn't just a physical famine, it was a spiritual famine. So there was a spiritual famine in the land. And then basically, because there was a spiritual famine in the land, he went to this place called Baslechem, the house of bread, where he'd be able to sustain himself from a uh, from a certain sustenance over there, right? So you see, you see that there was there's spiritual hunger rampant in the land. You, Means Elimelech was the Tzaddikador, but the entire world fell to this level of Sheitas. It fell from its high Madrega and it went to this level of sheitas, And just like Elimelech, Elimelech also had to leave and he fell to this level of Sheitas And then it says over here in pasuk 6, it says there's an amazing Targum. It says So this is, I think, uh, this is after. Uh, her sons Naomi, she now wants to return back to Eretz Yisrael after Rus, after a uh, Machlan and Kilion die. And she wants to start heading back to her own time because her husband died, Machlan and and died, everyone died. So Targum says over here, what does it mean that they. She uh, got up, uh, stay Moav moav Kipaket Hashem is Lechem. Hashem remembered the nation. Hashem remembered base lechem. Hashem pukar as amo. Why did Hashem remember the nation? So the targum says, Unafka Sorry, wrong targum. Hold on. Hold on. Who says? V'takum he. Kamas he v'kallasayah. He and Arus and Naomi and her daughter-in-laws got up. V'tavas mechaka Moav and they uprooted themselves from Moav. Arum is basar Moav al pum melacha. Arum dechar Hashem yasame base yisrael lemitan lehon lachma. Right, so now they wanted to get up and go back to Eretz Yisrael, their hometown, the house where the, cause Hashem, they heard that there's going to be food there. So, why does Hashem remember? So, Targum says, Begin de Ibsan Negida, Ubitzelusea de Tzali Right, it says, Ibsan, who was Boaz, who was the Shofet of the generation as well, he davened. And because he Davin for the entire generation, that made it that the entire world that ended the famine in Eretz Yisrael. So there was this yerida that allowed the tzaddik hador to delve out this, bring down this very, very high light into the world in order to fix the world from its fixing. And this all took place in Eretz Yisrael. This all took place in Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if that was an exact connection, but that's what that's what I was thinking. Now you see that Iftzan davened, and when he davened. Because there was a famine, there was this falling in Madrega that happened. So if Sandavin Davin did not brought down the light into the entire world, and because that brought light into the entire world, it ended the famine. And it ended the famine in the land. That's the, uh, that's the end of this year for tonight, guys. You should all have an amazing Shavuos. You should have a good Shabbos. Thank you, It should be a Chizuk for Yom Yerushalayim. Oh, yeah. Obviously, it needs honorable mention. And uh, that's a wrap, guys. Good you, guys. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Take care. Have a good one.